Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. If you want to turn to Judges chapter 11, I just want to serve and issue you a reminder this morning. You see, the devil is always depicted as being red, having a cape and carrying a pitchfork. Now, I don't know so much about the cape and the pitchfork. Maybe that's folklore, maybe that's mythology, but I'm pretty sure he's not red. You say, well, what do you think, Pastor? Well, I'm glad you asked. I think he's green. I think he's green. Because I think every reason that you have stood this morning and you have praised your God and you have shouted his name, I I believe that it fills him so full of envy over your life He is jealous for the thing that God has given you. And I want to tell you something today, church. There's a thief on the loose. If we were to hear on the news that there had been a rash of burglaries in the neighborhood... Well, we'd go home and we'd take all the necessary precautions and we'd take all the extra steps and we'd be sure that everything was secured because we would have heard that there was a thief on the loose. I want to tell you something. There's a thief on the loose and he's jealous for what you've got. You are the object of his envy. He's green over what God has given you. He's green over the blessing and the favor of God that rains down on your life continually. Why? Because he knows that he can't have what you've got. And if he can't have it, that's okay. He just doesn't want you to have it either. And in John 10.10, it says that the thief comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. I'm telling you, church, there's a thief on the loose. And you need to be sure that your blessing is secure. Because he'll come and he'll talk you out of it. He'll lie to you. He will breathe the most ridiculous thoughts into your spirit. To bring you down, to quench your joy, to rob your peace. To have you understand that you indeed are not walking in the blessing and the favor of God. And whatever that little vision was that you had for your life, surely it is the figment of your own imagination. But it is not God's destiny and plan and will for you to be an overcomer and more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. Lies. Lies. He's green with envy. I want to share with you really quickly this morning a a passage from the narrative uh, found in Judges chapter 11. There is an analogy passed around through much of Christianity, and I want to share it with you today. Maybe you've heard of it, or perhaps it's new to you today. But it is an analogy between the Old Testament Bible reference to a land called Canaan and the things that the Lord has prepared for his people. 
Now, Canaan is often, and I believe incorrectly, used metaphorically to speak of heaven. There are songs and there are poems written in this manner, but I don't believe that's a correct parallel to draw between the Old Testament narratives of Canaan and the life of the believer. You see, in the Old Testament, when God's people went in to possess what God had given, given them, they not only had to battle to gain entrance, but they also had to battle continually to guard their possession. And you see, their, their enemies contested their occupation. You have an enemy today. What you felt in this place today, the joy, the exuberance, the the. the just the sheer bliss of knowing that I am his and he is mine. For you to live there, your adversary will constantly and continually contend against you to live in that place. You will not live in the blessing and the favor of Almighty God uncontested. You see, the reason I think that Canaan and heaven is not a great correlation is because when we get to heaven... There are going to be no more struggles, no more strains, no more tears, no more trials. There is coming a day when no heartache shall come. No more clouds in the sky, no more tears to dim the eye, but all is peace forevermore on that happy golden shore. What a day, what a glorious day that will be. As a matter of fact, Isaiah describes it this way in Isaiah chapter 2. He says, now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all the nations shall flow into it. Many people shall come and say, come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of God, to, to the house of the God of Jacob. And he will teach us his ways and we shall walk in his paths. for out of Zion shall go forth the law. And the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And he shall judge between nations and rebuke many people. But they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not lift up sword against nation. Neither shall they learn war anymore. See, that's what it's going to be like when we get to heaven. But right now, we don't live in that climate. Oh my goodness, you better not let your guard down. You better not lay your spiritual weaponry down. You better not rest your shield of faith. But you need to hold on to it all the more earnestly. You see, that's not the climate wherein the children of Israel walk in the, in the land of their promise. And neither is it the climate whereby you and I are going to experience the blessing and the favor of God in our lives. There's a thief on the loose. He wants to steal from you. He wants to rob your blessing. You see, I believe Canaan is a place where the children of God walk in the blessing and the favor of the Lord and live in abundance. Let me take you back to the part B of John chapter 10, verse 10. And we find the New Testament correlation for the child of God. The thief comes not but to kill, to steal, and to destroy, Jesus says. But I have come that you might have life and that you might have it abundantly. And I don't know about you, but some days I get up and I'm not walking in abundance. I'm not living in the overflow. And the reason for that is, is I have received the lie of the enemy over my life. I have allowed that voice of contention to push me out of God's blessing and God's favor for my life. And I begin to walk in a very different manner. 
I don't hold my head up. I don't, I don't have the confidence that I need. See, you, like the children of Israel, as we find their story in the book of Exodus and progressing from there, have a promise from the Lord that you will live in the overflow that he has provided for you. It's an extraordinary life. Paul writes to the Corinthian church and says this, but as it is written, eye has not seen nor ear heard nor has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that loved him. That's not a later blessing. This is a blessing that can be revealed to us right now by the revelation of the Holy Spirit. That there are things that God has in store for your life today that you've not even began to imagine. It is not even entered into your heart, but God has it ready for you. It's a life that's filled with abundance and favor. But if you will, if you will, you will not experience that life uncontested. See, the thief is coming. He wants to kill. He wants to steal. He wants to destroy. He wants to take away what God has granted in your life. He wants to plot and scheme against your life to cause you to relinquish every right that God has given you. You see, abundant life is part of God's promise for the believer. And in order to obtain the promise, we must possess it, we must lay hold of it, and we must contend for it. In other words, we have to fight. In my Bible, about middle way through the book of Judges, chapter 10, the editor added this header to describe the, the preceding section. And it says, Israel oppressed again. That means there was a repetition in this thing. That they would fight a battle and they would get through it and they would emerge victorious. But again, the enemy would come and oppress them. And they would have to fight that battle again. Now understand this, they had already conquered the, the promised land. They were already living there. They were already dwelling in their possession. But the enemy contested them every step of the way. I wish, I've told you this before, I may sound like a broken record, but I'm going to share it again. I wish that as a minister of the gospel that my job could be to stand here every week and tell you that if you would come to Jesus and give your life to him, then from that moment forward, all of your problems would fade away and you would never know trouble, you would never know strain, you would never know hardship, but I'm here to tell you uh, a, a powerful reality and a hard fact. And that is that one of the promises of our Lord is this, that in this world you will have trouble. In this world, you will have trouble. Chapter 11 of the book of Judges continues, and it tells us a little bit about the life of a man named Jephthah. Now, we could easily do a three-week series of messages on the life of this man just from what we learn here in chapter 11 because it is quite a sordid tale. But it introduces us to this man, and, and I'm speaking to somebody here this morning, and I want you to listen to me real close. It says that there was a man named Jephthah, and he was a mighty man of valor. He was a mighty man of valor, but it goes on to say this, that he was, the, he was also the son of a harlot. In other words, he was the product of his father's extramarital activities. 
I want to tell you something today. There's some of you that are living in the blessing of God that the enemy keeps whispering to you who you are and where you've come from. And he keeps trying to remind you of how unworthy you are to walk in the blessing of God. Tune it out. Shut it off. It's just another lie. Because my book says that whom the Son sets free is free indeed. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're the product of a 30-year marriage or you're the son of a harlot. If God has done a work in your life, he's done a work in your life. If God has a promise for your life, and he does, don't let the opinion of others and the hurt of yesterday ruin what God is doing in your life right now. You see, Jephthah, when his, when his siblings or his half-siblings grew up, they said, oh, you're the son of the harlot. We're going to drive you out. You'll have no part of the father's inheritance with us. There finally came a day, though, when, when the uh, Ammonites came to wage war against Israel that the people from his father's household came back and said, hey, would you lead us into battle? And as you and I might have responded, he's like, so I'm good enough for you now, right? There's a chance somebody could get killed, so I'm all of a sudden good enough. You want me to go. I want to tell you today, it doesn't matter where you came from or what you've been through. If Jesus has called you out of sin and into his goodness, you've got as much right to the inheritance that he gives as anyone else. So Jephthah steps forward and he takes control to lead the armies of Israel. And we pick up this narrative here in the 12th and 13th verse. And it says, now Jephthah sent messengers to the king of the people of Ammon saying, what do you have against me that you have come to fight against me in my land? Now, if you take notes in your Bible, I want you to circle that phrase, my land, big and make it bold. What do you have to come against me that you come to fight against me in my land? In other words, this is where God has planted me. This is what God has given. This is mine. It's not yours. It's mine in Jesus' name. It's mine. What do you mean coming and knocking on my door? And, and, the, and the king of Ammon answered the messenger and said, because Israel took away my land when it came up out of Egypt from the Arnon as far as the Jabbok and to the Jordan, now therefore restore those lands peaceably. In other words, they're saying you took possession of the thing that God provided for you and I want it back. Now there's a threat there. We can do this the easy way, or we can do this the hard way. You can restore it peaceably, or we'll wage war. And you know, sometimes the threat is all it takes for some people. Just the threat that life's not going to go exactly right. And, and sadly, too many people just do it this way. The devil says boo, and they lay down and play dead. The lie of the adversary says you're not victorious, you're not favored, you're not anointed, your life is never going to amount to anything, you don't really belong here, and too often the response of many is, you're right, what was I thinking? We just go back to wallowing in defeat. We, we treat the call of God as if it was the fruit of our own imagination. And we say, who, who was I supposed to be kidding? I can't have this kind of life. But I'm here to tell you today, you can have that kind of life. 
I love Jephthah's response beginning in verse 14 there and goes down through verse 22. Basically, he sends his messengers out and they come back and, and his, reply, his reply back to the king is this. He says, well, fellow, you're barking up the wrong tree. We didn't, we didn't take anything from you. What we have doesn't belong to you now and it never did belong to you then. I'm telling you that the thief is coming and he's knocking on your door and he's insisting that you surrender things that never were his to begin with. They belong to God. They came from God. The world didn't give it to you and the world can't take it away from you. Do you understand that? He didn't grant it to you. He didn't allow you to have it, permit you to have it, provide for you to have it, and he has no right to ask for it back. He doesn't have any right to your peace. He doesn't have any right to your joy. He doesn't have any right to your finances. He doesn't have any right to your sanity. He doesn't have any right to be wrecking your home. You understand that? It wasn't his to begin with. And if you'll read that story, you can pick this up. And then he says this. We've only taken what the Lord has delivered into our hands. And, and it basically his reply to him is, this is ridiculous. Listen, listen, this is ridiculous. The devil will try to make you believe that you don't have any business living in your promise, fulfilling your destiny, walking in your anointing. He'll, he'll try to convince you that your joy is artificial, that your peace is unmerited, that your blessing is a mirage, that your promise is just a figment of your imagination, and that your good health is just a facade covering up the disease that's killing you. But I'm telling you, he's a liar. His ploy is just to make you want to give up. And Jephthah responds with this statement that leads me to believe that he thinks that what the king of Ammon is telling him is the most ridiculous thing that he's ever heard. Verse 23 and 24 reads this way, And now the Lord God of Israel has disposed, disposed the Amorites from before his people Israel. Should you then possess it? In other words, God gave me this. Are you trying to tell me I'm supposed to give it to you? Some of you, when the devil comes for your joy, you need to say, listen, God gave this to me. And you're telling me I need to forfeit this to you? I need to give it to This ain't yours. You didn't give it. You've got no right to it. You've never possessed it. It's mine. This is my land. This is my territory. This is what God has given me. Should you then possess it? And then he asks this question of reason here. He says, will you not possess whatever, whatever uh, Shemash, your God, gives you to possess? So whatever the Lord our God takes possession of before us, we will possess. We'll take whatever God's given us. You would take whatever your God gave you if, you, if he ever gave you anything. But our God has given it to us, and we're going to take it. We're going to walk in it. We're going to stand in it. Jephthah ends this declaration here with whatever the Lord, our God, takes possession of before us, we will possess. In other words, we are determined to live in the fullness of his provision for us. How many of you have got a made-up mind to walk in the blessing and the anointing of God for your life? Now, our worship team's coming back. And this portion of the story comes to a close with a simple word. And that word is then. Then. 
When is then? After the fact. But the fact is this. It says then. Then is when the man of God said to the enemy, you've got this all wrong. You've misunderstood the situation here. God gave this to me, and I'll not be giving it to you. I'm not bowing down. I'm not backing up. I'm not, I'm not stepping out. I'm going to stand here in what God has given me. Last week, we talked about Psalm 1 and the basics of blessing and how to get to that place of walking and living in the blessedness of God. Now, let me tell you this, church. The place of blessing is not a point of arrival. I want you to understand that. The place of blessing is not a point of arrival. The place of blessing is a pathway on your journey. You don't just walk in one day and say, I've arrived. I'm here. I live continually in the blessing and the favor of Almighty God. No, 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 no. It's a walk of faith. And every step of the way, your adversary is going to contend for that blessing. Every step of the way, he's going to be setting up snares. He's going to be trying to rob from you. He's going to be trying to take from you. He's going to be insisting that you forfeit to him things that are not his, that are your inheritance. They belong to you through the finished work of Calvary. He has no right to them whatsoever. See, after this man has determined that he's not relenting on the promise of God, after this man has made his mind to resist the advance of the enemy, verse 29 says this, Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jephthah, and he passed through Gilead and Manasseh, and he passed through Mizpah of Gilead, and from Mizpah of Gilead advanced towards the people of Ammon. Verse 32 picks that back up and says, So Jephthah advanced towards the people of Ammon to fight against them, and the Lord delivered them into his hands. And he defeated them, and they were subdued. Some of you are in this place this morning, and you're asking, why hasn't God? And I believe the, the, the proper question here may be, why haven't you? Why haven't you taken your stand? You see, so many times when we get in difficulty, we like to quote Ephesians 6. But we quote Ephesians 6 from a victim mentality. And we say, how are you doing? And, and then the response comes, well, I'm making it. I reckon. I think. But I mean, the word says, having done all to stand. Whew. Stand. So, so it's like you're just standing there taking it. Blow after blow after blow after. You're just standing there taking it, being the devil's doormat. You're just taking it. You're pitiful. 
and you just take it and take it and take it and we'll bless God we'll just stand but it's it's not just stand for standing's sake you see that that verse reads on and it says stand therefore having girded your waist with truth having put on the breastplate of righteousness having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of truth above all taking the shield of faith with which you would be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints church let me tell you you're in a war you can't just stand there and wait to be bombed you've got to retaliate you've got to fight back you've got to stand up and say devil you'll not have my blessing today you're not going to take it from me today and then and then and then the spirit of the Lord came upon you I believe right now, stand all across this place. I believe right now the Spirit of the Lord is about to come on somebody in this place. You've been in what has seemed like the fight of your life. You want the blessing and the favor of God so bad you can taste it, but it just seems like that the enemy is warring against you, that hell rages against your life. I want to tell you something today. What you have is secure in Christ Jesus. He hung on a cross. He bled. He died. And he said, it is finished. It is finished. The people of God, you have got to lay hold of your promise. You got to quit standing there like the devil's punching dummy. And get up and say no more. And prepare yourself for battle. And pray the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit over your life. And you take that step of faith. I want to tell you something. Sometimes when you come to the worship service, you don't feel like praising God. You don't feel like lifting your hands. You don't feel like shouting to God. And you say, well, Pastor, I don't feel like it, so I don't do it because I don't want to be in the flesh. Maybe you're not being in the flesh. Maybe you're just being obedient. I heard a great pastor friend say that one time. But after I've heard it once, it's mine, right? The word instructs us, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. I want to tell you something. Those children of Israel shouted at the walls of Jericho before they ever fell down. I'm telling you, God wants to bless you, but you're going to have to contend for your blessing. The enemy is green with envy for what you've got. And he's going to come and knock on your door and insist that you forfeit daily. But stand therefore clothed in the armor of God and ready to do battle because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds you have been made more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus who loves you 
I tell you this all the time, but he wants to make you the head and not the tail. The above and not the beneath. Amen. Our team's going to lead us here. And we're about to close. If, if you need to go, I understand that. I know the time is spent. But today, if you need a breakthrough, if you need a breakthrough, we want to agree with you. We want to help you contend this morning. This is how we fight our battles. We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.